This morning we continue our series on the sounds of the passion with the crowing rooster. Now to really understand why this sound is important, we have to back the story up. We have to go back to the dinner that Jesus had with his disciples. We go back to the Last Supper. And during the dinner, during the Last Supper, Jesus stated that his disciples would all fall away that very night. Now all the disciples took issue with this. But it was Peter who came out of the gate the strongest. Peter said, hey, you know, all of them may fall away, but I will never do that. I never will. And Jesus looks at Peter and tells him, I tell you the truth, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter says there's no way that that he would die before he would deny Jesus. And then the night continues. Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper and they go to the garden. As we talked about last week, Jesus is arrested And after he's arrested, he's taken before Caiaphas in the Jewish council. And here Jesus is tried. And many false witnesses are brought against him. And they find him guilty of blasphemy. Jesus is spit upon and beaten. And then we pick up with our verses this morning, Matthew 26, verses 69 to 75. We read the word of the Lord. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and, Peter, and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out. And wept bitterly. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. For your word is truth. Lord, I pray that you would speak through your word today. That you would perform the miracle that feeds our souls. Praise in your name. Amen. How easy is it to relate to Peter? Thinking back to the dinner when... When Jesus informs him that he'll deny Jesus three times and deny him even before the night is done, Peter's aghast. No way, he says. Not I. Man, I will will follow you anywhere. I'm your man. Together to the end, you and me, Jesus. Peter did not realize the true meaning of his words. He did not recognize the full weight that they would bear. He was paving a road with with good intentions, but he wasn't ready for the destination. He wasn't ready for the journey. He wasn't prepared for where his good intentions were going to take him. Peter had bitten off more than he could chew. More than he could chew. At dinner at uh, 
at our house. I, I have Silas sitting next to me. Now, there's, there's a few reasons I have Silas sitting next to me. One is that there are many meals he doesn't like to eat. And so I get to encourage him firmly that this is a meal he's going to eat tonight. But the other side of that is when we have pancakes. And when we have pancakes, that kid nails pancakes. He, he has more pancakes than I do. And there are times where he is so excited about eating pancakes that he starts to choke on said pancakes. He can't get enough of this deliciousness into his mouth to, to satisfy whatever craving he's got going on. And he will just stuff so much in his mouth and then he starts, he starts choking, right? Like he, he can't hand it all. It's like, ah, you know, and then you get the joy that belongs to parents where you get to stick your finger in your child's mouth and fish around for that, that little piece of pancake or whatever it is that, that he's, he's gagging on, that he's choking on. In our excitement, in our zealousness, we can put ourselves in situations where we are unable to chew all that we have bitten off. We are unable to handle all that we have claimed we can handle. We've stuffed way too many pancakes into our mouth. We don't have the ability to deal with that much pancake. And so we choke. Or we have to spit it out. Have you ever done that? Ever taken on more than you can handle because you were excited, because you were zealous? Overcommitting because you were overconfident? How easy is it to relate to Peter? Caught up in the moment, in the emotion of the night, caught up in that contagious feeling of when everything is going well, everything is going right. And then, then reality hits. Jesus is arrested in the garden. This wasn't supposed to happen. What? Jesus is getting arrested? He's, he's tried before the chief priests and the Jewish leaders. He's convicted of a capital crime. The tables have turned. They are no longer in the safety of an upper room eating amongst friends. The safety net is gone. Peter feels alone. He feels doubt. This man he once thought invincible has started to show some signs of, of weakness. It's not like Jesus hadn't, or it's not like people hadn't been after Jesus before. They tried to stone him. They tried to catch him. The chief priests and the leaders of the Jews had been after him for years, and every time he had gotten away, every time he had avoided the traps. Sometimes he just walked through them and, and they could not touch him. He could move as he willed, when he willed. And it wasn't just people that were subjected to his will. This is the man who calmed storms at sea, who cast out demons, who walked on water, who healed men with leprosy, who gave sight to the blind. This is the man who was so powerful that the simple touch of his clothes cured the illness of a sick and dying woman. Jesus was invincible. So how could this be happening? A crack had formed in Peter's faith. A crack born of fear and of human weakness. It was one thing to boast about how he would follow Jesus to the death. It was another to actually have to do it. And then came the recognition 
and the questions. Aren't, aren't you one of the men that has been with Jesus? Have, haven't I seen you with Jesus, the man that was just accused of blasphemy? Your accent betrays you. You sound just like him. You must be one of his followers. To each question and comment, Peter has a denial. Leave me alone. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you mean. Get off my back. Can you give me some space? You know, I don't know the man. What do I need to do to convince you? I have no idea who this guy is. Can you just back off, please? Just leave me alone. Our passage today says that Peter was so committed to his denial that he used oaths and began to invoke a curse upon himself. Peter has turned a full 180 degrees. Hours before he had said that he would follow Jesus to the grave, and now here he is, so committed to his denial of of knowing Jesus that he is willing to throw around oaths and curses. Can we relate to Peter? You know, maybe not in his sin of the denial of Jesus, but how about in sin? How about in our sin? Have you ever had a time when you thought, you know, I would never do that. I'll never do that. I'll stay strong. I'm good. I got this. Do you have any sin that you're just certain you'll not fall into? Maybe it's gossip. You know, maybe it's lying. Maybe it's drinking more than you should, more than you can handle. Maybe it's going places on the internet that you shouldn't. You know, it could be any number of things. But, but we sit here and, and in our innocent passion and zealousness, we say, that will never be me, Lord. That will never be me. Maybe we've attended a, a crusade or a youth convention or promise keepers or women's retreats. And, and we get overcome with emotion as the word of God is proclaimed through the speaker or Or maybe we had a time of great study, great devotional time, and we feel so close to God or or the Bible or, or a close group of friends. And in the emotion and in the moment, we confidently proclaim, not me. I won't get caught in that sin. I won't give in. I will stand for you. I will stand. I will not fall. And then we come home from that retreat Or a few hours pass after our Bible study and we're home. We're back in real life. We've come down off the mountain and we start to hit the valley. Maybe things start to fall apart. Things get real. Just as the fear built for Peter, the temptation builds for us. And we give in. We succumb to the temptation. We do the thing that we had confidently proclaimed we would never do. And then the rooster crows. We are reminded of our promise. We are reminded of our proclamation. We had been so confident. We had been so sure. 
In the moment, we had been so happy and secure, and now here we are, broken, faulty, guilty. Can we relate to Peter? I can. I know what it's like to think that I'm impervious to a particular sin, to claim that I will never give in to it, And I'm familiar with the guilt and the shame that floods me when I do give in to it. I can relate to Peter. Can you? You know, I don't know what sin each of you struggle with. I mean, we struggle with sin in life constantly, all of us do. But but I don't know the details of the sin in your life. But God does. God does. Just as, just as Jesus told Peter sitting in that room eating the Last Supper that Peter would betray him. Just as he knew of Peter's denial, he knows of our sin. He knows of our failure. He knows of the guilt and the shame that we carry due to not being able to keep the promises that we have made ourselves. That we have made him. And that's one of the things that makes this story so awesome. God knows. He knows all the sin that you have ever committed and all the sin that you will ever commit. And he still chose to lay down his life for you. Peter's denial didn't stop Jesus from dying for him. He knew Peter would betray him, and in spite of that, he still opted to die for him. In spite of the pain that betrayal carried with it, Jesus looked with love on Peter. And he still took that sin to the cross and paid the price for it. And what's more, Peter's denial didn't stop God from using him in ministry. His sin did not disqualify him. We see so clearly in the resolution of this particular chapter of the relationship Between Jesus and Peter, we find this resolution in John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. The disciples have been out fishing, and uh, Jesus has died and, and resurrected. And they're out fishing, going, they've gone back to their normal lives. They've gone back to the things that they were doing before. And as they're out fishing, they've just had a really bad night, and, and they see a guy on the, on the shore. And he says, you know, the, the whole throw your nets on the other side of the boat story. And the nets load up and they, they realize that it's Jesus and, and they, they go to shore and they, and they spend time with their Savior. And during this, this breakfast that Jesus has cooked for them on the shore, they, they spend time eating together. And, and after breakfast, we pick up in, in, in verse uh, 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed My sheep. God was not done using Peter because of his denial, because of his failure, because of his sin. 
God forgave him. And then he unleashed him. He makes reference to the three times that Peter denied him. And following each, he sends Peter forth into mission. And that is true for us as well. God knows the sin that you have committed. He knows the surface sin that is obvious to the world. And he knows the deep, dark sin that we have tried to keep hidden from others because of how embarrassing and devastating it would be if others knew. He knows about it all. And he still went to the cross. He still took that sin upon his shoulders and paid the price for it so that we could be reconciled with the Father. He loves you that much. He loves each of us that much. That even though he knew, he still went. Even though he obviously did not deserve it, he still went, still paid the price, still died in our place so that we could be reconciled to the Father. Even though he is familiar with our sin, he still desires to use each one of us in ministry. He still wants to use each one of us in his mission to bring about his kingdom. You know, I don't know, I don't know what you are struggling with today. I do know that sometimes it can feel like our sin is so oppressive that it cannot be forgiven. We can ask the question, how could God ever forgive me? Let's go back to the passage that we read for scripture today. 1 John chapter 1, looking at verse 9. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite passages in scripture. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It can be daunting to confess our sins, to say them out loud. Maybe it's because it validates them. Maybe it's because it it makes them feel a little more real. We can't ignore them as easily once their existence is given the legitimacy of riding the sound waves. But as we saw today, God already knows. Whether we give them voice or not, God knows. He knows. So when that rooster crows, when the reality sets in that we have failed in living a sinless life, let us turn to God. Let us confess with our mouths the sin that we have committed. Let us recognize our sin for what it is and let us lay that sin before the cross. Let us lay our sins before the living God, confessing that we have failed and asking for forgiveness. For he is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us and to make us righteous. He is faithful. We could not keep our promise to not sin. God will keep his promise to forgive. He has kept all of his promises to us, and he will keep his promise to forgive. As you leave here today, know that if you confess with your mouth, he is faithful to forgive. 
When the rooster crows, he is faithful to forgive. Do not run from God in shame. Run to God in repentance. And he will forgive you. Just as he forgave Peter. He will forgive us. What a wonderful, amazing, compassionate, and forgiving God we serve. Amen.